Hi, I'm Suzanne. I'm Zoe. And you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors. Just for those of you who are new to Sex Advice for Seniors, Zoe is a sexologist based in LA. And I am just a person with a lot of experience based in London, who sounds like I'm from LA, but I'm not. Anyway, we're here today. We've decided that the topic for today is going to be red flags, specifically when you may be on the dating scene again, perhaps after you've been in a relationship for a long time, and you're just encountering this new world of dating that many older people are now experiencing, which is using dating apps, Facebook dating, just generally kind of online dating, uh, where it's you can find yourself in this very crazy world that you really don't understand. And there's a lot of things that you need to look out for. Yeah. And the <laughs> new, new tools of discernment. <laughs> okay. that's, that a, that's a good way of putting it. New tools yeah. of discernment. Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting world, online dating or the apps, the swiping, right? It's kind of like, you know, it feels like you're shopping for a new dress or something. Yeah. And it feels like, and I know lots of people have said this, including younger people. So this is not, this is not restricted to older people, but it is when you are older and you've not encountered this before, so you haven't like existed in this little weird world your whole life, like younger people perhaps have, yeah. it can feel like you've got a huge amount of choice. Yeah. Yes. I think that's such a good point. It does. It feels like there's a huge amount of choice and it's, you know, going back to the, the shopping for a new dress or, you know, I mean, if you wear dresses, a blouse or a shirt, um, <laughs> um, you don't know what's going to fit you. What looks good in the picture isn't necessarily a good fit on, on your body, you know? Um, so I think one of the things that is, you know, I don't want this to be an episode filled with horror stories and scary things, but there, there are um, I think it's important up front to just say, look, there are people that are using these apps or uh, online dating, um, using technology to access people who are vulnerable and who um, they can get a lot of money out of. Yeah, so, completely. Yeah. And, and the older women, you know, women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s are are targets for this. So I just want to call that out. And it's not that you need to be suspicious of everybody, but you need not to be giving your money away, you know? Yeah. And look, there's some very clear ways that you can discriminate from the get-go, from the very start, so that you don't fall into very clear and evident traps one of which is that if the person appears to be better looking than any person that you've ever seen in your life, and, <laughs> and you yourself may not consider yourself to be the next Cindy Crawford or somebody like that. Helen like, Mirren. God. Let's say Helen Mirren. Helen We're Mirren. talking about old. Yeah, whatever. 
Cindy Crawford's in her 50s, though, I think, as well. Um, Actually, you, she is. I don't. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, like anybody who's just like outstandingly attractive, you might think, what? It, why is this person interested in me? And it might be that they are really good looking and they are interested in you. But what I've tended to see is that their biography, their images, everything doesn't really stack up. So they may, for instance, have a lot of pictures where they're in the army or in some sort of military uniform. That seems to be quite frequent. They may seem to live in a place that seems inconsistent with the story that they told you. And they may seem to have an incredibly broad set of interests that encompass cooking, knitting, and killing wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> just like nothing sort of nothing kind of makes sense it's it all kind of looks good but then kind of it always makes you think wait a minute that doesn't really stack up they may not be able they may very quickly or within a short amount of time start saying that one of their family is very seriously ill and they haven't got enough money to support them. And would you mind sending some money across? Or what happened to a partner of mine, which I have to say was an incredibly sad story for me, is that he'd just come out of an incredibly long 27-year relationship. He went online dating. A very, very, very beautiful woman started chatting to him. She seemed on the surface to be quite genuine and he got really drawn into this because he was a man, right? Mm -hmm. She was a very beautiful woman and he started writing her in passion letters, which he started compiling into a little book that he was going to send her and all this sort of stuff until the time came where she said she wanted to visit him, but she didn't have enough money to fly to the UK and would he send her some money and would she send, he send her this and that. And that's when his ears pricked up and he realized he was being scammed. Yeah. And it was yeah. really sad because he'd just come out of a relationship that was not very satisfying and he was looking for romance and love and thought this yeah. beautiful woman was going to deliver this to him. Yeah. You know, I think a couple things. I, um, I know personally a handful of people who um, got entangled in a similar situation as that. And um, one of the things that I think is helpful is to imagine that someone that doesn't live near you, I mean, now we live in this global community and the world is made smaller um, and we can have connections and sometimes really intimate connections with people across the globe on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's really important is to um, sort of figure out what your intention is. If you're really mm -hmm. looking for, if you're looking for a mostly online experience where you can not ever really see each other in person, and this is someone that you're just going to engage in sexually over the over the computer, you know, and, uh, or on the phone or through letters or whatever, then, then that's one thing. And that's perfectly fine to do if that's what your desire is. Um, if you're really looking for a relationship or a solid, you know, sort of partnership, um, 
if you have any intention of being in the same city as someone, then date people in the same city as you. Um, make them geographical. I mean, geographically desirable, you know? Um, yeah. Don't pretend that dating somebody in, you know, you were in Lithuania recently, so it comes to mind. Like, don't, I'm in Los Angeles. Don't date somebody in New York. And I mean, that's kind of an easy back and forth. But uh, but even so, if I think I, I'm looking to build a life with someone, date in Los Angeles, you know, like date in the city in which you live. Um, and then there's another piece of this that, I know um, also, I mean, two people come to mind, but it's actually, I think, if I think about it, I've got a bunch more. Um, when you're dating someone, particularly a man, I, I think my examples um, with my friends are all women, the men who won't have you over to their house. Mm, that's a big one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or a they have a a, a child, like a, a teenager or a young adult child that they, they have a lot of things to do with, you yep. know, like holidays and things that they're never available for you at a time that, you know, it's because they're married. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like just, you know, one, one sort of caution is to, um, you know, keep your, your spidey sense peeled for the people who are trying to take, take advantage of you financially. And some are people who aren't really honest about who they are and their entanglements and their relationships. And, um, and they're looking to, you know, they may be in a sexless marriage. They may be bored. They may be looking for a little, no judgment. I mean, judgment, um, judgment, but you know, to, because anybody who's not honest either with their current partner or the partner they're pursuing is not okay. No. But, you know, um, those I think are the two things that are really. Yeah. I, I think the thing about the geography and also the thing about the geography that we have to acknowledge having done this long distance thing myself at the very beginning of when I first started exploring this world of online dating is that, you can live in fantasy world for a really long period of time. You know, you can conjure up all these fantasies and, and your future happiness together and all sorts of things, because you're not seeing this person in the day to day. You've got this window of time that might be an hour a day or whatever you're doing with each other, whether it's just sex stuff or whether it's writing, whatever it happens to be. But it's not like seeing somebody who lives in your hometown where you go to their place and you see the fucking clothes on the floor and the fact that they haven't done their, their wash for a week and there's dishes piling up in the sink and the whole place smells and it's revolting. And suddenly that fantasy person isn't a fantasy person any longer. They're a person with a real life, a real life that you might not be completely on board with. And I know that when I have sometimes gone to people's places, I've been appalled at their living circumstances. And that has really been a huge wake up call for me. Speaking of red flags, that we're not compatible. I'm, I'm not good with people who aren't tidy. I mean, yeah. Okay. okay. 
maybe from time to time I can look at your mess and kind of put my blinkers on and deal with it. But over the long term, no, it's never going to work, you know. So for me, like levels of tidiness, levels of cleanliness, all that kind of stuff. I just want to be on the same page. And if you're having this long distance thing, God, you can you can just avoid having to deal with any of that stuff and just create your little bubble of, of your little fantasy world in which, on to my next point, you can invest a huge amount of hope. And if you're not in the same city, if you're not in proximity to somebody, God, the amount of stuff that you can create in your brain that convinces you that this person is amazing when they've told you so little. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because they show up on the computer and they um, curate an experience of themselves for you and they get to be their best version of themselves. And sometimes the best version of themselves is a fantasy for themselves. And by the way, we do the same things. You know, we want someone who is going to, um, I mean, I'm, I tend to be a very open person. Like I will, I will show you all of it, you know, but there are like, I really want somebody who is going to be able to tolerate and hold and embrace my bad attitude when I wake up in the morning, you know, like those are things that I want to expose somebody to the parts of myself that are mm, a little (laughs) challenging so that they can. And that comes from being in each other's physical presence and you know, if you are going to choose to to engage with someone, I mean, there are, you know, thanks to the internet, we can all get in ba- back in touch with our high school boyfriends and play out yeah. the scenario of what would have. And actually, I have a, a, a couple that I went to high school with. They were like, they were such a wonderful couple and they broke up in, in university and then um, had got married to different people and had families and all of that and ended up both getting divorced and marrying. And we were like, Oh my God, it was, you know, I don't know if you know, Billy Joel, but it was Brenda and Eddie, you know, it was the, <laughs> well, it my was- friend was Cindy and her partner, current partner, whose name I've, I've forgotten. Um, yeah. Same, like yeah. same thing. They, they found each other and now they're happily married and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so, so that, that can happen. Yes, it can happen. And it can be that someone that lives in, you know, across the, the, the country or the universe, that they actually are a great partner for you, you know, but you're going to need to, um, manage your expectations and, um, and sort of know that, that there's a whole other piece of the story. Look, I dated a guy that lived an hour and a half away from me. Not a big deal. It was lovely. I went up there. He had a beautiful home. It it was, you know, he lived on the coast. It was like, I'd go up there. There'd be magical weekends. It was so wonderful. What I didn't know for months and months was that he's an alcoholic and that he was consuming a couple bottles of wine every single night. And I mean, a couple bottles and vodka and martinis and, I had no idea that when we were hanging out, he was drunk. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, well, I've had an alco- the alcoholic boyfriend who died on me. So mm-hmm. been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And 
I've also had the boyfriend who was like an hour and a half who also liked to drink quite a bit and had some other issues as well. Yeah. And one of my big red flags now is just anybody who's, I, I hate to say it, but if, if somebody's had addiction issues in the past that were quite significant um, and they're exi- and they've told me anything that suggests they might still be addicted to something, even if it's exercise, I'm, I'm like already trying to work out where I fit into their, like I have to train a hundred times a day routine, you know, I'm, I'm already working out like, okay, everything that you do has got some sort of addiction around it. And then when they tell me they've never had sex or they, you know, they haven't had sex except when they were back in addiction land and drunk, that's another red flag. Cause I think, oh, you're probably just going to end up addicted to sex then when you have it again. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so probably not really somebody I want to date. And, you know, the other thing about our age is that lots of people have a lot of history, some of which yeah, may yeah. involve addiction. So yeah, maybe I could meet the person for whom they've discovered moderation, but those people are kind of rare in the world of addiction in my, in my view, but that's just my experience, you know? Well, I think, um, you know, what comes to mind is that there are, are different, um, what do I want to say here? Um, we, we all have different, like I, there are things that I look for immediately in a partner, in a potential partner. Um, mm. And I spent 12, about 12 years, you and I have some similar periods of time. Yeah. Um, from my early 40s to um, mid 50s, I was single and blissfully single, had many, 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 many. <laughs> partners and a few sort of pseudo relationships, nothing serious at all. Um, but I would, I would sort of, there were a couple times the, the, the alcoholic guy was one of them, but, um, times when I would sort of act as if I were in a relationship, (laughs) I was dating exclusively, but, um, and you know, there were things that were, that I knew I I wanted and I was looking for if somebody were going to come across my radar. I wasn't really looking for a partner. I was distinctly not looking for a long-term relationship. But I was always like, look, if this person comes in, which eventually he did, and I married him, I didn't think he existed. But if there's a person that comes in that feels, for me personally, was like that I can feel free, that can love me in such a way that I feel free, that's a yeah. Thich Nhat Han for those people who are, um, who are um, spiritually interested. Um, if I can feel like myself, if I can book a vacation with a girlfriend and not have to even have it be a big discussion, you know, um, if I can, if I can do what I do as a sexologist, you know, and not have to be with someone that I need to answer to all the time. There were things that I that I was looking for. And then I, I looked for the red flags early on of someone that wouldn't be able to tolerate the level of independence that I require in a partnership. 
Yeah. Which is a big one. I mean, look, I, I, I was reading this book. I've stopped reading it because I got bored with it called Attached, talking about different attachment styles and having read through it, you know, it was sort of people had suggested I had a very, um, you know, avoidant, avoidant people say you had avoided attachment. And I was like, no, I don't. I've just got, I've got like you, I just have some things that are important to me, my independence, important to me, my being like you say, be, feeling myself, feeling free, feeling like I could be who I want to be, being honest about all of my history and everything without scaring the fuck out of people. And that was important, you know, and not everybody wants to deal with all of that stuff. I did meet someone who I was with for a few years on Tinder and my son said, I've never known anyone to successfully meet anyone on Tinder. And there were many aspects of our relationship that worked really well, but a couple of things didn't work really well. And that started to become very apparent, some quite early on and some later. The first one that was early on was he didn't really want to know anything about my history. My okay. Father- you know, yeah, I'm not going to interrupt you. I want to hear more, but <laughs> I want to talk about that. Right. Come back. So, you know, like we're grown ups and we've got a history, a sexual history. And I don't need to tell you the intimate details of every encounter I've ever had because he'd still be sitting here <laughs> going, Do I get a word in, you know, like a hundred years <laughs> later? So I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But I have a more colorful sexual history than a lot of other people. And that informs who I am. It -hmm. informs how I approach sex. It informs how I feel about lots of things and what I learned as a result of going through all of that. That's it. It's like, it's there, you know, it's there. I'm just putting it out there. If you say, I don't want to know, I don't want to know anything about that, that, you know, uh, 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 you're still a virgin, right? No, I'm not. I'm not a virgin. So let's, let's just deal with that. And any questions you might have or whatever, throw them at me. The second thing was that he was not tactile, um, really at all. But at the beginning he made, he made a clear effort to try to be because he'd had this brought up in other relationships, the fact that he wasn't tactile. So he was really trying to go overboard and trying to be more tactile. And by that, we mean like holding hands on the street, like Mm -hmm. just being kind of, you know, a little bit cuddly, but eventually he had to resort to his usual self which meant that I could go weeks without even getting a tap on the shoulder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I started to feel very unwanted as a result of that. And I felt undesirable. And especially as an older woman, I felt unattractive. So all of that started to impact on my own self-esteem and how I started to feel about him and whether or not I wanted to give him more touch, more this, or whether I just started to back off, which is eventually what I ended up doing. I started retracting my own touchiness because it was, I felt, I felt the disparity between our, our enthusiasm or interest in being tactile was so, had become so extreme. 
I just started to get like, okay, let's just go to the friend zone here. You know, yeah. what I hear is that you didn't get to be who you know, who you are when you no. were with him. And <laughs> no. that's something that, that, that piece of like someone who doesn't want to know about your past. Um, I don't, there are people who start dating and this is, you know, I see this happen in, um, couples who are younger. Yeah. And, um, where they they feel like part of the dating process or part of the relationship process as you enter into like a committed relationship is to like you have a right to know everybody that your partner ever slept with yeah <clears throat> or was or dated or was you know in an emotional relationship with which is uh, I, I don't subscribe to that at all. I, I don't think. And then it's used as a way to try to control. Like it's a, really what it is, is like, who, do, yeah. who, who's threatening me? What, what pieces of your past are going to threaten the present? Yeah. Um, what I, what I do want to say though, is that I, I'm laughing because I went out on a date with this person. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, we met at a party. We met. So we, we had sort of mutual. He came with a friend to a party, that my birthday party that, my, that my, a girlfriend of mine was having. And so my friend didn't know this guy, but he was a friend of a friend. Yeah. I went on a date with him. On paper, we were incredibly, he was a music teacher, a high school music teacher at a very progressive high school. Like, oh, I love this guy. You know, he was like Jewish and just like my guy, you know, like he, he kind of fit that, that bill. We're uh, sort of from the same planet, you know. Yeah. And we went on this date and we met and he took me to a jazz bar, which was really lovely. And I, and I, I noticed that he was a little anxious, like the vibe, he was a little hyped up, you know, yeah. which, okay, you know, it's a first date and it's like, you know, maybe he was really into me and he was excited, you know, I don't know, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to go in the same car. So I dropped my car at his condo. I didn't even go in, which was nice because I wouldn't just sort of just enter into somebody's home right away, even before the first date. Yeah. So even I had met him at this party, but, um, so, so he drove from his, uh, condo to the, do you know what condo is over there yeah, in the yeah. UK? Okay. <laughs> And yeah. so we drove to this place, you know, for Los Angelinos, we went to the Culver Hotel, which is, okay. uh, has a storied history and it's really lovely and charming. And we had a night together and he didn't ask me one question about me. He wasn't curious about me. <laughs> he told me all about himself. I was at the, I can't remember his name now, but I was at the Tommy show, you know? I mean, it really was. It was like, he even had a whole... Oh my God. I, I, I can't even, we don't have enough time for me to like describe the date in details, but what he, he ended up doing was I, I couldn't wait for that date to get over. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, it was on that date that I went to the ladies room and brought my phone and happened to get a Facebook message from the guy that lived up the coast who drank too much <laughs> and, and started that, that little, like, okay. This this guy, Tommy, we'll call him Tommy at the jazz bar. We we went at the end of the date. I was like, thank God it's over. We get in his car. He's driving us back to his place. And he says to me, I really like you. And I said, oh, 
I said, oh, really? What? Share with me. What is it that you see in me that you really like? And he said, well, you're a good listener. <laughs> I, <knew laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> you don't know the first thing about me. All you know is that I let you go on and on and on about yourself. Right? Okay. Big red flag. And this guy was charming and smart and we shared interests and all of that. Like there's a younger version of me that would have that would have been down a whole roll road a whole road. road with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, another guy who I took me out, it was shortly after my divorce and Again, he was an art dealer. I'm an, I, you know, I have a degree in art history. I'm a, I'm a art, modern art fanatic and he's a modern art collector. And we went out and we went to sushi and we went and, you know, and it was this whole on paper, he was perfect for me. And yet he couldn't get over that I was recently divorced. We spent the whole date talking about my ex and why we got divorced and why, and it must be so hard for me. And I was like, it's not hard for me at all. I'm very complete. In fact, we're, we're good friends and we're raising a daughter together. And, you know, you could meet him if you wanted. Like, it's not a big deal. And he just was like, so hung up on how I must not be over my ex. And I'm like, you're not over my ex. I'm over my ex. Right. So like, I guess what I'm getting at is like that people can look perfect for us on paper. Yeah, they could be. And there can be so many things. The guy up the coast, such incredible sex, like, yeah. you know, really like mind blowing sex. Yeah. And that's not the whole story. No, no. And, you know, and and I still believe, even despite all my calamities in relationships and everything, I still believe that, you know, if I wanted to have a, a, a full relationship with somebody, that there is somebody out there for me. At the moment, I'm not really in that headspace, so I'm not that bothered, you know, but if I get to the headspace where I'm like, yeah, I would like to share my life with somebody and have somebody to do, you know, stuff with. But at the moment, I'm not really looking for that, which I'm very clear about. I just want to have some fun on the weekends. I don't really want to know about your entire backstory. I'm not that fussed. Um, you know, just be kind and nice to me. But I, and also listen, you know, that's the thing is like the, all of this, I have been on too many dates to count now most recently actually where the story that you just told about the guy who spoke about himself that's pretty much been almost every date that I've been on recently almost every single one and I don't pick up the tab anymore on those dates like I don't oh. even reach into my handbag pretending like I'm gonna pay the check forget about it because yeah. I've just given you therapy for an hour <laughs> Sometimes for an hour and a half. And I don't know what you charge, Zoe, for therapy, but I assume it's probably over a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars an hour, or it should be, definitely, if it's not more than that. And if the check comes in and if it's if it's any less than a hundred or a hundred and fifty dollars an hour, I just think you got off cheap. Yeah, you issue you an invoice. I couldn't do you an invoice for that because I didn't tell you anything about myself and like you almost inevitably either they make a play for me like you know try and kiss me or do something or they tell me that they really like me and they want to see me again and I think 
you know not a fucking nothing about me you know not literally nothing and in the last one i got so irate because i kind of got had it up to here with these people that after and this was a man who said he was a sapiosexual which i had to look up in the dictionary right yes yes um, <laughs> So yes. I was like, oh, okay, I realize, I read you're interested in my brain, but clearly you don't know what my brain is like because you haven't asked me anything. And then I said, oh, since you haven't asked me anything, would you like to know some stuff about me? And he's like, oh, right, it's like that, is it? I thought, well, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I'm just a body. It is I'm like just, that, actually. I'm just a body and a... And a, 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 and a, a a screen that you can project your biggest fantasies about yourself onto and have them like mirrored back to you. Like Exactly. But of course, once I started telling him about me, he was like, Oh my God, that's really interesting. Wow. And then he became quite, you know, then he came quite keen and then he started sending me pictures of his garden and records and God knows what, anyway, whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> body saw. parts. Pictures body. of body no, parts. No, I never saw. I never saw body parts. I mean, that you know, it's a sensitive topic. Body parts. I mean, I don't like. I don't like to to only see a picture of a guy's dick. That's quite useful from time to time. But I know some women are easily offend, offended by dick pics, and I and mostly I don't think they're that appropriate. But um, the thing I, that I, it, cannot. Yeah, you can. I just want to. Uh, yeah, I just want to say that I think dick pics are fine if they are consensual. Absolutely. Don't ever, 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 ever send pictures of your um, Gen- genitals, genitals <laughs> in, or or really anything that is uh, a, that can be perceived as sexual without asking consent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like, would you like to see a picture of my dick? No, that's it. It's all it takes. Yeah, but um. But what, you know, one of the challenges that I've found just more generally is that as we age, most of the women that I know, and this is, I mean, I'm being incredibly general here, um, but most of the women that I know appear and I seem to spend more time looking after their health. And a lot of men I know have spent a considerable time not looking after their health and sadly, if you don't take your health seriously, sometimes some serious shit can happen. And I have to be wary because I've already had two people that I've been with die. And mm. I don't really want to go down that road anymore. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I, I fully recognize that I'm aging. So, I, you know, so that's part and parcel of getting older. Like we're all going to die. I know that, but, but yeah. I don't, I don't want to from the get go, um, have to deal with that and so I have to be quite careful myself to protect my own heart to be honest because I can easily become um, a people pleaser a carer a person that is overly generous and all sorts of things that are not they they are a part of me but in the going back to being yourself I tend to over I, ten, I, I have a tendency to want to be needed rather than wanted. And I have really had to create some very strong boundaries to stop myself from falling back into that person that I don't actually like very much. So I, so for me being single right now, it's like, it's the best place for me to be because of I can I can be really like, I can set very strong boundaries. Yeah. Otherwise I tend to be a bit like, 
and 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 I get really kind of icky with myself. I'm like, can't yeah. believe you've turned into that icky person again. <laughs> no, <laughs> all of you is welcome, Suzanne. All of you, all the the beautiful, joyful, strong, powerful, and the ick. Yeah, I love yeah. all of you. Yeah, but we don't want just too much ick. Yeah, frankly. you know. Yes. What I mean? Yeah. Like too much um, is not good. I live in Los Angeles, so the men are just as fit as the women, really. Yeah, yeah that's true. You're like in such a health conscious place. That's so different from where I am because we're just not. And yeah, so yeah, I mean, people like comment about the fact that I'm fit, like it's a thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, I know oh, you're fit. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, why, why should yeah. you? I have to be. I'm old. <laughs> There's a downside here to um, yeah. to the level of of I mean the emphasis on appearance. It's well, not. It's wonderful when it comes from a place of health and wellness. It's not when it comes from, you know, the Botox and the fillers and the yeah. You know, you have a cellulite on your butt. Ew. <laughs> you know, it's like I got cellulite on my from the neck down. My big toes are dimpled yeah no it's true I mean look any of these things I think the thing is that anything in the extreme for me is like the, the red flag just just generally everything is you know if you're that's a good way to be you know if you're two of anything either I'm suspicious or I'm worried so yeah and yes. I think that's a kind of good way to end it maybe is just if it seems too extreme, then yeah, probably there's yeah. some issues there you need to deal with. Yes. Everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always so lovely to see you. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's nearly as amused with each other as we are, but <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Anyway, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.